When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Mav Sports Take. It is episode 80 here, your unmuzzled sports talk for everything, business world and the inside workings of the NFL, CFL, pretty much every sport we cover a little bit here. But of course, we are football exclusive, bringing this inside look here. Of course, joining me on this inside look every single week is Mr. David Turner, who is an 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, and Arena League, including three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. We are deep, 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 deep in free agency now. Uh, we have seen a, just a massive deal a couple minutes before we got on here. We recruit, uh, we are recording, of course, on a Tuesday night. Teron Armstead just signed with the Miami Dolphins to a massive five-year, $87.5 million deal for the offensive tackle coming from, over from New Orleans. We have had Deshaun Watson over the last few days that me and David haven't talked about. Devontae Adams traded to the L.A. Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my God, I'm going way back. <laughs> Robert Woods being traded to the Tennessee Titans. May- Baker Mayfield saying goodbye on social media while he's still on the roster for Cleveland before Deshaun Watson was even traded. David Ajabo injury during the pre-draft process at his pro day at the University of Michigan. So it has been a wild few days. And David, the sporter, was like, you turn. Let's take a quick pivot here because there is so much to talk about in this free agency, which, David, I mean, first and foremost, how are you, my friend? But also, crazy few days, man. Like you said, it's, it seems like it's a little longer of a free agency process this year. I've been doing this, like I said, 18 years, right? Before that, following it, well before you were a twinkle in your father's eye, right? So I've never seen a free agency period where you have major deals like you know, Armstead's just tonight, you know, this deep into free agency, franchise quarterbacks getting thrown around. I mean, I, tonight we were going to – our plan was to move on to the draft, you know, talk about draft uh, process, some of the players, you know, just kind of what to look forward to. But with all going on and all the different landscapes to the different teams, I was like, you know what, Ryan, we got to do another show just for just to recap and recover uh, on all this stuff because it's really insane how this has gone and it's maybe it's a new world that we're going to be involved in but you know I just think this off season the last two have kind of been uneventful in my opinion you know there's been a couple uh, you know okay deals or trades or whatever but this year blockbuster trade after blockbuster trade you know it's just been amazing seeing quarterbacks from. Wentz and uh, Russell Wilson going now Deshaun Watson going and you know when the Baker Mayfield's on the trading block we still have Jimmy G that possibly is going to go somewhere you know we got Ra- Matt Ryan going in what a day or so ago going to the uh, Indianapolis Colts so it's just yep. insane how all this is going on like we got to do one more show on free agency and talk about it 
Yeah, pretty much what you just said, and I'm going to exemplify this in a couple words here. You don't you don't want to talk draft, man. You just keep avoiding it. You just don't want to talk it anymore. <laughs> I'm not avoiding. I really thought this was the week we were going to turn the corner and just say, okay, this is, with free agency done. What should we be looking for by certain teams and yada mm-hmm. yada? That conversation. Then start bringing the players on next week and start you know you know getting everything lined up and. And turning that corner, turning that page for like the you know six weeks up to draft, but the NFL just it's they this won't let us. They sucked us right back into free yeah, agency yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah, all yeah, this yeah. going on. David, I, I've been ready for six months to talk draft, man. You're still not ready, sir. You're still not ready. I even forgot about the Matt Ryan news because I mean his last few years have been kind of forgettable anyway. So he's kind of a forgettable person right now. But think well, about well, putting yeah. him on the Colts now. Well, like, don't get there yet. Don't get there yet. Because I have a quick ad read. I have a quick ad okay, read to okay. get into some of this news, okay? Would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? If you answered yes, then why not secure coaching from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we will work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for the recruitment plan. With limited scholarships given each and every year, having a points at recruiting plan helps our clients secure their opportunities to play collegiate sports. We focus on your transcripts, your film, leadership, and more to set goals and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals for 2022. Contact us today at mavericksportsconsulting.com. All right, David. So I think... I don't think it was really in order, right? I, well, all right. So, look, again, we appreciate everybody out there in the Twitterverse, YouTube land, everybody that's watching live on, on TikTok, all that good stuff. So let's react to a little bit of newer news, David. Let's start there, right? Teron Armstead, like you said, I mean, he was the big-name free agent that was left, right? We are at day seven of free agency, right? Eight? Day eight? Of free, yeah, day eight, right? Because legal tampering started last Monday, right? So we're last on legal Monday. So we're on day eight of free agency, and finally one of the biggest chips finally falls, goes to Miami for a five-year, $87.5 million deal, David. And obviously on the surface level, I think that's like $17.5 million a year if my calculations are somewhat accurate there, which is a lot of money. Left tackle position obviously is a paramount one. You have to have a great player there. Miami Dolphins had arguably – well, in my opinion – so it is arguable, I guess. In my opinion, they had the worst offensive line in football last year. It was putrid, man. Like, just absolutely awful. So they signed Teron Armstead. Your immediate reaction, instant reaction to Teron Armstead signing with the Miami Dolphins. You know, like I said, I, a, I, I can't believe someone else didn't offer him that kind of money, you know, in order to get them to sign him. All right. And for the... Dolphins to pony that up eight days in, you know, I was, I'm always of the mindset when you're this far in the, in the free agency, you don't have to pay top dollar for, for, for people because there just wasn't enough interest out there. Otherwise they would have been scooped up in the first three to four days. You know, usually by the weekend you're done with the big money and big money is spent and then you're moving on to mid-level and then by this time, you're in, you know, one-year deals and trying to just get guys on the roster and, you know, it is what it is and fill it out and then turn the corner by this weekend for free agent or for uh, the draft and say, okay, who did we – how did we fill what holes and then what are we going to now focus on in the draft? So to see a 
you know, this kind of big money get thrown this far into it. Like I, like I was saying, there's so many trades and big deals still happening. You know, freaking Devontae Adams set the market right with his deal for receivers. Stop, getting stop jumping ahead. Stick with me here, sir. Stick well, again, I did, did, was it a neat area by the Dolphins? Yes, absolutely. Was it, a, was it a great job to get this player in in house and ready to go? Yes, but. Is it a surprise that they threw the money this deep into free agency? Like I personally probably would have offered him like a three-year deal around 12 and a half million, maybe 13, 14 million, just to get him on the roster for the next three years and then figure out the rest of it. But by giving him a five-year deal at 17 per year, to me, that's a little bit heavy for this deep into free agency. Because if that was the case, he probably would have had two or three of these offers sitting there coming out of that legal tampering period, but he didn't. You're eight days in. So why are you throwing that kind of money now with this guy sitting there still eight days in? So reaction to the deal, I think it's a great fill for them, great whole fill, got it. I think they overpaid initially. That's that's my reaction to the deal, hearing right before we came on what it was. Yeah, I think it's an overpay as well for the reasons that you said to a degree, but also I think there's a couple other reasons that we need to talk about for a second. First and foremost, the Miami Dolphins needed to sign Teron Armstead because they need a guy at offensive tackle. Their offensive tackle unit, their offensive line unit is just bad in general. They signed Connor Williams from the Dallas Cowboys, who has had good spurts of play. I figure he'll be in a left guard most likely. So now they have a brand new left side with Teron Armstead. And hey, David, I mean, when Teron Armstead's played, He's been one of the best left tackles in the NFL for several years now for the New Orleans Saints. So if Phil's a need, they got a really good player. My biggest concerns, though, is that, you know, he's 30 years old. It's not the biggest stick sticking point there for a second, but also he has never played a full season, right? Like he's coming off a season where he only played in nine games. He's missed. I think I put it on Twitter. It was like 48 games he's missed in his career um, up to this point. So like he's missed three seasons worth basically with just these nagging injuries. And I mean, there was last few years, I think it was like 10, 10, 13, 12, and then nine this year. So like he hasn't been, I mean, he's been available for the majority of a season, but like, it's just, there's, I think I there's a reservation for me to give money in that degree to a player that is now hitting the age of 30 and has steadily just missed more and more time as a football player. Do you think I'm off base with that? Cause like, that's kind of like my, no, not at all. and again, that's why I think the deals weren't sitting there for him out of the legal tampering, um, you know, process and really quick, a question from TikTok. Uh, they want us to talk about Tom Brady coming back. So put that on the list. Uh, I, on the I don't, I don't want to do that, man. I know I you don't, but the day the audience wants it. So we'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I, I honestly, I, you know how I feel about injury history. I think that and character are two of the major drivers for me on the roster, because if you're committing that kind of money, 17 per and the guys know, and we're now in 17 game seasons, you know, we're not in the old 16-game seasons or anything. We're in 17-game seasons. It's going to be, you know, how is he going to make it for five years? And and then playoffs if they're trying to get there and stuff. So I don't understand it. Like I said, I might have done a three-year deal, 12, $12 million per, and gone from there, you know, go from there. But that's that. I, I think it does address a need if he's healthy. It does help them out. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, all right. So we had a request on social media. We're such a nice podcast. We're going to bump it right to the front, David. All right. We're going to bump it right to the front. Tom Brady. So very weird s- series of events, right? Adam Schefter comes out and we've talked about this before. He kind of steals the thunder from Tom and is like, he's retiring. And then Tom kind of goes back and says like, oh no, that's not official yet. So that he can kind of set his own way. And I think it was an Instagram post where he kind of renounced his retirement. And then just a couple weeks later, David, he's back, man. He just couldn't be gone too long. And it is, feels a little reminiscent of Brett Favre to a degree, you know, because I remember Brett a couple of times, man, was just like, I'm done. And then a few weeks later, he's like, ah, just kidding, man. I'm coming back again. So, I mean, I don't care. I mean, he's a great player. I've gotten to the point with Tom Brady where it was like I hated him for a long time, and then I just got to a point where I'm like, I respect, obviously, the great player that he is. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen and probably the best quarterback to ever play the game. So, like, cool. But, like, I don't like the whole wishy-washy retirement thing. I feel like if you make the decision, you just kind of stick to the decision. But he's back, man. Can't get rid of him. Can't. He's like the boogeyman. Again, I don't understand it. I'll be I'll be really frank. I don't think there was any rush for Tom Brady to announce a retirement by the Buccaneers. They weren't pushing him out the door. They weren't saying, hey, give us a decision in the next two weeks so we know what we're doing. Nothing like that. It was like, Tom, take your time. You know? So for him to go home, talk to the wife, talk to Giselle, talk to the kids, and be like, all right, it's time for me to retire. And then just less than two months i think it was like six weeks later he goes nope i'm coming back for another year right before free agency starts and now you know again leonard fournette signed back i believe there today i think other people are are obviously wanting to stay and be part of it because he's there but the reality is man i don't know like that probably hurt him a little bit in free agency. Obviously they had the one offensive lineman retire thinking Tom wasn't coming back. And he was like, I don't want to rebuild. So again, I I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't even know why he's coming back being Frank. He's won what six titles. He's, he's got all the rings and I know you're only young enough to play once. So play as long as you can. I get it. But if your mind is already upfield about retirement, which he obviously has been thinking about it, to the point where he announced his retirement. I've always said, let those players go because they're just, their minds not a hundred percent committed to what they're trying to do, you know? And, and it's, I just think, let it go, Tom, like you should have just let it go. And I hope this season's a great season. I obviously root for the Bay area guy, but at the same time, it's like, man, you, you probably should have just let it go and, and take a year and then figure it out, you know, because if you really like retirement after year one, you're always going to like it. If you don't, you know what, next year, somebody would have been up his butt to go play for them. So I'm going to say something, David. I want to know if you agree with this. I was more surprised that he retired after not winning a Super Bowl than he than I am that he returned in a couple weeks. I was more surprised about that. I didn't think he was going to leave after this year initially. I didn't think so either because they, they were balling. I mean, shoot, they were balling um, until Godwin got hurt and then and then A.B. started to come on a little bit. So then they looked okay, and then A.B. did his freaking mental breakdown BS and left the field with his shirt off. So if they had A.B. that, that game against your team, the Rams could have been a whole lot different because it was a situation where, you know, that offense was ginning pretty good. 
Um, but uh, the injuries just the injuries just caught up to him. The injuries did with Gronk and no AB, no Godwin. It just it just caught up to him. Um, but again, I always root. I, I like Tom Brady. We're I both Bay Area guys. Yeah, yeah, so you know, I, I'm gonna root for him. And this year with the a- NFC having no quarterbacks really in it anymore between him besides him and and Aaron uh, Rodgers because they all left and went to the AFC. I mean, Matt, it's gonna Matt be a- Stafford, baby. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt so Stafford. Guy. I do love Matt. You know that. But you know, yeah. I, it's just been. We were talking pre-show. It's been a yeah. mass exodus of quarterbacks from the NFC to the AFC. So there's gonna be some heck of matchups in the freaking. AFC this year. There's going to be a lot, especially AFC West. There's going to be a lot of tight games. Those late games are going to have a lot of tight games uh, coming coming forward uh, this coming year. Yeah, we don't talk about that Buccaneers-Rams game because the Rams were just like dominating the Buccaneers. They're like, just here, guys, you can stay in the game. Here, just here's here's another dumb play and we'll keep you in this game and made it way more interesting than it had to be. Uh, David, let's go to the Deshaun Watson trade, all right? So Houston, fi- it finally gets decided, finally, after like a little bit of a bidding war. So Deshaun Watson appears that he's going to be cleared of all the charges, all that good stuff. I don't want to really get too far into that, but Houston sends – Deshaun Watson in a 2024 six-round pick to the Browns in exchange for first-round picks in 2022, 2023, and 2024, along with a 2023 third-round pick and 2022 and 2024 fourth-round picks. So that is a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks, I think, if I might have to just went that way. And Cleveland, in effect, also, David, inked Deshaun Watson to a five-year $230 million deal that is fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed contract. Where do you um, want me to start with this one? Uh, I, I, I think we should save the contract to last, man, because when I saw it was fully guaranteed, I was like, brother. Um, let's start with, the, I mean, first and foremost, man, Cleveland very quickly was like, Baker, you ain't it, brother. We're going to the to Mr. Deshaun Watson. Uh, there was a little bit of a bidding war, it seemed. It seemed like the Panthers were in it. Atlanta was in it, which was kind of a funky one for, for a couple days there. Ultimately, lands with Cleveland. So let's just start with the trade in general, David. You're just your feelings on the trade and maybe if if either team, you would call them a winner in the situation, you call them a loser. Like, I just want to hear your – we haven't talked about this, so I just want to hear your general feelings. They're both boneheads. Both. Okay, both. So let's start with Houston, who you know I disdain. So you don't trade a quarterback like Deshaun inside your conference. I'm not even saying inside your division, but you make sure he gets out of the AFC. So all AFC teams should should have been off the table because now as you struggle and you go forward, and Deshaun's in the playoffs, and Deshaun's winning, you know, championships potentially. You're going to be compared to what you could have had if you kept Deshaun, and it just makes no sense. You always just like what the Seahawks did with Russell; they traded them to the AFC. You don't keep them in your conference. You go outside your conference. It's just the way it goes. You know, Matt Ryan goes to the AFC. You just get him out of the conference. You don't want to trade him to a conference divisional or any kind of, you know, competition to get to the Super Bowl. That is asinine. Asinine. I don't care if they offer two more picks or an extra first rounder. You don't put them in the AFC. You make sure he goes to the NFC and kiss him on the cheek. Goodbye. See ya. 
Okay. That's first. Second, Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Well, let, let's, stop, let's stop there for a second because, I mean, so the one good thing with with Houston is that they did get a lot back for him. Now go. Well, again, they got seven picks for him. But what are they going to do with those seven picks? Because, again, sure, you, but but again, this year, this year, right, the picks, the there's potential to turn some things around, but quarterback's not going to be one of them. Right, next year your own well, pick. Well, are they are they going to be in the quarterback market though? Because I think they might give Davis Mills a shot because he, he played pretty well as a rookie. You're going to see the next level there, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's not going to work for him. I like Davis Mills. You like Davis Mills, but Davis yep. Mills is not a franchise quarterback. He's just not. We'll see. Uh, God. And yeah, good luck. God bless. You know, I'm a, I'll always root for you know Stanford kid, but yeah, you know, this is not going to happen. I don't see it. So when I say that. You're not going to get the quarterback this year. You're not probably going to end up with a quarterback next year because there's only like two. And, you know, if the Browns win, that pick ain't going to be in high enough to get the, the quarterback of the future. But they might have their own pick, and Houston might be very bad next year. So Well, Houston's, well, Houston's more than likely going to be bad next year, and I, I, I get that. And they gotta, they'll got they probably have a revolving coaching door again and all that crap. Again, it's just why I don't like what they're doing down there at all. I don't, I don't understand it, and I don't try to wrap my head around it because I don't see it as successful. That pattern of what they've gone through has just not been a pattern I've ever seen in my career that's a successful one, that's going to give them continued success. So, you know, again, they got seven picks for it. What do you do with the, what you do with those seven picks will dictate if it was a good trade for you or not. But my biggest issue is that you kept them in the AFC where now let's just say you turn it around and you guys got to match up in the playoffs and then they beat you. Now you're in, now you got, you know, all that press and all that negativity about you, you had this guy and he wound up going and beating you. Because this guy is a talented guy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're not talking tonight about off-the-field issues and all the things. We're talking about him as a player, and he is an amazing player. And when he had uh, Hopkins there, I mean, they were balling out. Those two had great connections. Now, up in Cleveland, I don't know what they're going to have for him, how they're going to surround him, because they gave up so many freaking picks for him, and then they committed so much money to him. I don't know how you put a team around him. Well, they got Cooper. They got Nick Chubb. It's Kareem Hunt. It's it's they got some pieces, man. It's not it's again. Not I get that for the short term, but again, they signed him for what? Two hundred and thirty five year extension. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he already had. I think he had a remaining two or three years on his deal, and now he's got an extension. So mm-hmm. it's almost like putting seven years on this kid, and Cooper's only going to be there one year probably, and then out next unless he falls in love with Cleveland, which I haven't really heard that on the circuit or people fall in love with the city of Cleveland too much. So again, I'm just saying you don't have the draft picks. You're not going to have a lot of cap room over the career of this kid to surround him because of what you did. Not only give up the picks, but you gave up the cap room. And that's my problem with Cleveland. Did you go get a dynamic quarterback? You did. Did you get one of the best young quarterbacks that we've seen in the game? You did. But, You've given up cap room and picks. That's gonna make that's gonna limit your ability to surround this kid with offense and defensive weapons for his career, not just for the short term, but for the career. So therefore, I'll be interested to see how they do up there with that. You know, if they would have just brought him in 
didn't do the contract extension, but had you know his his current contract on there, I'd have been like, okay, at least they got cap stuff they can work. But they didn't. They kind of hurt themselves both places. So that's why I say they're a bonehead. You know, they overpaid in draft picks, and then they also went and they hurt themselves with with, with uh, salary cap problems coming forward. As you said earlier in the show, David, a lot of really good players have moved from the NFC to the AFC, right? So the next guy I want to talk about is Devontae Adams, star wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion, leaving for the Las Vegas Raiders, which sent a first and second round pick to Green Bay for the receiver. And in effect, the Las Vegas Raiders turned around and gave him a five-year, 141 and a quarter. Sorry, $141.25 million, and which would make, I think you said this already, will make Adams the highest paid receiver in NFL history. So can we start with the Green Bay Packers here for a second, David? Can we start here? Can we start here? How pissed off off is Aaron Rodgers right now, man? Again, according to rumors, Aaron knew that if he signed his big contract, they weren't going to be able to afford to keep Devontae past this year. And therefore, that made Devontae vulnerable. And Aaron, the selfish son of a bitch that he is, <laughs> went and took the money instead of instead of saying no. Instead of saying no, like Matthew Stafford did, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford had a chance to make more money, but he said no. Put the roster together around me so I could have a better roster. Aaron didn't do that. He knows it's his last contract. He doesn't want to do a damn thing after he's done playing. So what did he do? He said, nope, give me my money grab. I'll take it. And then he got a contract where he can retire at any time too. So <laughs> he Aaron took care of Aaron, which is what Aaron's always been best at. So it is what it is. But the same point, I just can't, you know, I'm just not on board with what Green Bay did at all because I would have kept, I mean, I, let's be honest. They did a smart thing. They did a smart thing. You get a first and second round pick. You know, they were pretty good picks, you know, where they were for a player that's of his age. That's and and, and again, you shipped them out of the NFC, so you're only going to have to see them if and when you line up once every four years against these guys in a divisional matchup or in the Super Bowl, right? So that's how you do it. You get them out of the conference and you maximize what you can get for them. That's perfect. That's textbook. So, but I don't like that they, they, now who's Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? Cause this guy, you know, pretty much amassed Randall I love their young guys as role players, but this guy really amassed 90% of the receptions in the last three years for the green Bay Packers overall. So, you know, it's just a situation where I don't know what they're going to do. Now they have the draft picks again, they can draft and there are some good receivers this year. I mean, we've talked about it. There are some good dynamic receivers. They'll have to fill that roster spot with one of those draft picks. So, you know, yeah. we'll get into that and we'll talk about it down the road. But I think I, I honestly think both both teams won here, whereas I call the last trade bonehead trades. I think both teams won here. I really think the, the Las Vegas Raiders, if Ruggs didn't go do what Ruggs did, would not have done this trade because with Renfo and Ruggs, um, they really had a good one-two combination working there, young guys working. 
But now they go get a veteran who's dynamic, who catches everything, and his catch radius is huge. Derek Carr is famous for overthrowing. This is a guy who can make adjustments, who can do different things, make your quarterback look better than he is. So this is a great pickup. You put him with Renfro, and now in the draft somewhere, just find a speed receiver. I think this is really going to be really, really going to be a wonderful thing. Yeah, and they had – I mean, they also have Darren Waller, who's one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL as well. And, David, I think Deshaun Watson's still in I mean, not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Jackson is still on that team. And I know you love Deshaun Jackson. He cried his way out of a ring in L.A., but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that to a uh, to another degree at some other point. Um, I do really like – I mean, just from a fit perspective, though, I, I mean, because we didn't even talk about it. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, well, obviously, they were college teammates at Fresno State, right? So they have a, a rapport already in place. I really do like mixing him in with Renfro. I mean, Renfro had the quietest, David, the quietest 100-catch, 1,000-yard receiving season, like, ever, dude. Like, did anybody talk about that? The fact that that dude had 100 catches this year? Like, it was pretty insane, man. So I like the fits. Obviously, you make him the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. We'll see how much of that was – I mean, I don't think that it was just because of Aaron Rodgers because Devontae Adams is a pristine route runner, great hands. So, like, I'm not saying that he was a product of Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, there is going to be an adjustment to the fact that Derek Carr is a good player, but he's not Aaron Rodgers, right? So, like, there is going to be some... No, what Look at what the Raiders are doing. Okay, Ziegler, I didn't know what he was going to be as a GM. Josh, obviously, is coming into a second... Um, time as a head coach we're a little familiar with his offense Renfro with uh, Adams and Jacobs and Waller and Waller are are that 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 in itself in Josh's system is going to be really an amazing I I think that offense their offensive line sucks but yeah yeah their offensive line is terrible don't get me wrong offensive line is terrible but I'm saying like the weapons now on offense are are pretty legit and then they go and get, uh, you know, one of the be- better pass rushers, I thought, in free agency, right, in Jones, Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. And they, they've been doing some really good work for that roster there in Vegas. I'm excited to watch this Vegas team line up and play. You know, mm-hmm. I think the whole division has been doing a lot of work, so I think it's going to be a very competitive division. But yeah. I, I like what I'm seeing out of Ziegler and this young, you know, scout champ Bailey or champ Kelly, you know, who came down from Chicago's there and stuff. So I'm really liking, you know, what they're doing up there. And I, I text the guys this weekend. I said, man, you guys are really putting in some great work. So, you know, I, I, I like what they're doing there. And I think in this situation, in this trade, both teams won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the AFC West is going to be fascinating to watch, man. Obviously, the Chiefs have run that division, but now L- uh, the L.A. Chargers look like they're making the step. The uh, Obviously, Russ to Denver is a big move there, and then Las Vegas got a little better as well. So we will we'll see, man. It's, it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk the second half of the show here, a little bit of the Roberts Wood trade, uh, Robert Woods trade. I might, I might cry on that one, Robert Woods trade, the Baker Me Mayfield too. saga, and a little David Ajabo injury and talk a little bit about the draft process for the injury side of it, which is the terrible part of the process. Before we do that, though, have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet? No. What's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? 
probably access to companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect these dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your pathway to corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is limited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what your sport, what sport you play. We help our clients achieve their goals. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. So, David, I know. You, I mean, I told this one before the show, and you have just been so lost in free agency, man. You didn't even know that Robert Woods was traded to the Tennessee Titans, David. Sad day for one, right? I felt so bad for Robert Woods because obviously. He was starting to really turn it on when he got injured because it was Cooper Cup show, Cooper Cup show. Then he had another couple nice games in a row, and then he gets injured, right? And he misses, obviously, the full rest of the season. He misses the playoff run. He misses the Super Bowl. I felt so bad because Robert Woods has been instrumental to that team turning it around under Coach Sean McVay. He's been a leader of that team. I told you, though, that the minute and you texted me when they traded for when they signed Allen Robinson from from Chicago and you said like oh how many receivers do they need I knew because I had heard a little insight that Robert Woods was going to be on the trading block and it was kind of that was just going to be a thing so they have now Allen Robinson Cooper Cup who I like Allen Robinson a lot so like I was good with it because he's a really good player you have those two you have Van Jefferson and Odell might be coming back maybe but he might not be available until November even if he resigns so who knows what's going to happen with Odell so they they end up trading Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans this was the one that got me David I put it on Twitter I was so upset they traded him for just a 2023 sixth round pick it was basically a salary dump basically salary dump. That was all it was at this point. I think the Tennessee Titans are taking on the full of the contracts. There's like no dead cap on the Rams and all that type of stuff, but they're basically just getting rid of the contract at that point. Cause you didn't even get a six round pick for this year. Like you didn't get anything out of it. So a 30 plus year old receiver who's coming off of a torn Achilles, which is obviously a terrible injury. There's sides to it and I get it. And the contracts, like I understand it completely. Um, I would just say this, and I'll let you go kind of full tilt on both sides of it. Sad day as a Rams fan. Like, it really was because, again, I respect so much of Robert Woods does, um, has done for the organization. I get it, though, from a business perspective. I understand why it happened. I wish him the absolute best. I think he brings a, a nice layer to that Tennessee offense that kind of needed a second wide receiver target outside of A.J. Brown, who's a dynamic weapon. So I think that the Tennessee Titans get a really good player. Unfortunately, the Rams have to depart with who a guy that's been instrumental to their success. That's just kind of my two cents on the situation. Yeah, I'll be honest. I These, these are the times when the business decision makes sense. But the football decision sucks ass because it's a situation where, you know, like you said, Robert Woods was instrumental in that organization's pro pro progress where it is and was really an instrument to the success of this offense uh, in this year. I know Cooper Cup was having a heck of a year. Well, it was because Robert Woods on the other side, you know, was taking attention. If you ever overcommitted to Cooper Cup, Robert was making you pay for it. So that being said, you know, there was a couple weeks there when Odell was transitioning, when that offense sputtered a little bit, and then Odell came on, and that, that role was filled, 
Allen Robinson, I think, fills that role perfectly. What he does is a perfect complement. Again, all the business decisions in this in this process here and this in this uh, move makes sense. It just sucks because I like Robert Woods and I wanted to see him come back healthy and play for the Rams again and compliment Cooper and and make a run with them and and really be able there because even on the championship game, like man, he was crying. And I think yeah. it was Cup and him were hugging, and they were telling him how how much of the process he believed that he should be, you know, involved and and celebrate the success, even though he didn't help him win that one game or the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I feel this one. I feel this one, and uh, I, it does suck because I really I like Robert a lot. I think he's a fantastic individual, and I hope he goes to Tennessee and he does great things there. And makes the Rams kind of eat eat their words on this one, even though the business makes sense. Like, understand yeah. this is a business. You have to make business decisions. The business of it makes sense. I just these are the ones that suck, and I've had yeah. to make these type of decisions, and they suck. Yeah, man, I totally get it. Again, I I hope that Robert Woods does really well out in Tennessee. Like, I really do. I, I I'm not spiteful at all. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. And that's the shitty part of the business. Like, let's just call it what it is. I will say this though, David. I do think, and I would love your like input on this. So Cooper Cup, right, is obviously an intermediate separator. He kind of rules the middle of the field. He's like a slot guy, right? Robert Woods, in a lot of ways, is also the same type of player. Like he is a separator as a route runner, and he really dominates the middle of the field. I really do like the Allen Robinson layer to the offense because they haven't really had the outside the numbers back shoulder, vertical stretch type of player. Like they haven't really had that type of dude that can win kind of those 50-50 contested catches. So I do like that Allen Robin, how Allen Robinson uh, does complement Cooper Cup. Like I think that it does make a lot of sense from a from a schematic perspective, if that makes sense. No, I, I again, I the Allen Robinson signing to me with Cooper Cup – and if they'll find uh, a young receiver in the draft, maybe uh, or something, I mean, somewhere in the, when they have a pick, might be in the fifth, sixth round somewhere. Um, but it, you know, again, I think they have some issues that they have to address. Obviously, uh, they need a left tackle better now. Uh, they need to find better uh, another receiver to fill in there with Woods not being there, and then you know, like you said, OBJ not coming back right away. So they need to, you know, they need to find. I, I mean, again, Jefferson's a good, a good player. I, I hope they give him the ball some more. You know, I really like him as well. So, but I think they need another young, dynamic receiver somewhere. And they're they they are this draft is pretty loaded. They might find a guy deep that can can bring some value to this offense right away and grow within uh, certain roles. So I like it. Like I said, all the way around, this makes sense to me as far as a business decision. And Allen Robinson adding that layer, I think it's going to be, especially in Sean's hands. I mean, Sean's so creative. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a bonus for that offense. Yeah, and I think the Rams, um, from what I understand, is they have signed Joseph Noteboom, who filled in for um, he had filled in for Andrew Whitworth at left tackle when he went down injured. He did a really good job, and he's a younger player that they drafted. I believe in like the third round out of TCU a few years ago. So I think that's kind of who they have said is the guy to take over at left tackle. We'll see. I hope they get him a little bit of competition in the draft, but hopefully he's able to. I mean, obviously there's a massive 
shoes and you're not going to just replace Andrew Whitworth, but let's hope that he does an admirable job at least at, at worst. So um, moving on now to one of the last bits of news, David Baker Mayfield saga, man, obviously now, right. You're looking at it. And you're like, okay, they get the Sean Watson. Like he's out. But even before it happened, man, I don't know if he had some like insight that like, Hey, this is probably going to happen or like, we're going to be in the contention or whatever. He posts on social media basically goodbye to Cleveland days before the the, tr- the trade with Sean Watson happens, and he's requested a trade. Very bizarre kind of timing of everything. I don't again. I don't know if he had a little bit of insight, but Baker Mayfield seems like he will be playing football in a different city in 2022. But it doesn't look like the market's great right now, David. It looks like because I think the Panthers have already said like, now nah, we're not interested." So you're starting to run out of teams that may need that quarterback. Unless you're talking about maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Like I don't, I don't know what the next step is for Baker Mayfield. It's a little bit of a cloudy situation, in my opinion. Well, again, here's another bonehead organization doing the same bonehead crap. So, you know, you got the Cleveland Browns who took Baker Mayfield number one overall over Josh Allen, which was the biggest mistake in the in the history. You know, when you're going through the draft process, it made no sense back then. And obviously it makes no sense now because Josh has just went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and should have won that game if that defense would just run a freaking four cloud. You know, that game would have been over and no big deal. But no, they can't. They got to run a two-man and freaking screw themselves. But anyways, um, that all being said, now you're trying to correct the mistake with, a again, god-awful – not god-awful, a gaudy trade. You know, it's obviously a gaudy trade and signed contract making the, the push that we're going to be paying this quarterback $237 million for like the next eight, eight years, whatever it is. And, you know, now what do we do with this other guy? See, a football guy would, uh, if a football guy was in control of the Cleveland Browns, you would have had a, a trade for Baker in, in, in the works done while you were working on the trade for Deshaun. You know what I mean? It would have been like a day before Baker's gone, next day we got Deshaun. So you get rid of the quarterback, you get hit with press one day, but then the next day your guy's here. Now you got two guys in the building, one guy who obviously is requesting a trade, doesn't want to be there. You got press talking about that on top of what you're trying to do, which is good press for the new guy. So again, bad decision-making and understanding how to do this process. Plus that takes the value of Baker away because now everybody see, saw what you traded away to get Deshaun, So they know how anemic you are in picks, Right. And they and they know that you, this guy doesn't want to be there, so therefore, it lowers his value. So what your return on on investment here from a first overall pick is going to be very very little, if anything, and or you hold on to him, and you got his contract on your salary while you're trying to you know pay Deshaun for playing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. The way they handled it was a bumbling freaking. Keystone cop situation style decision-making. So, you know, for me, you know, if you look at it, yeah, Baker could go to Seattle. Uh, you know, he could ultimately, again, don't take the, the saints off the table. I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't take the Falcons off the table. 
you know, uh, apparently Kyler and the Cardinals have kissed and made up, but I haven't seen official stuff where Kyler is really, really happy with them. Okay. So, you know, I, I think there's about four or five teams that Baker Mayfield could be in play for as the draft comes up. We'll see who, who starts making a play for him. And again, Jimmy G is still sitting there at the Niners, who to me is a, a, another one that what what's going to happen with Jimmy G you don't foresee Jimmy G going back and playing for the Niners or even being on that roster but yet now the commanders have made a trade for a quarterback you have other teams that have made their trades like you know again uh Denver's made their trade for their quarterback uh Indianapolis has made their trade for their quarterback so Baker's market and Jimmy G's market is is uh is uh, sewing up pretty easy here. They're pretty pretty lean. It's getting pretty lean. Yeah, and the and one of the t- uh, teams that are off the list, obviously, you just mentioned a little bit. Matt Ryan gets traded to the Indianapolis Colts, David, for a third round pick, right? Just a third round pick. I expected it wasn't going to be anything crazy as far as like how much you were going to get back for Matt Ryan, just because he's. I think he's already 36, right? He's coming off of kind of a eh, up and down couple seasons. He's been a good player, but he's not obviously as good as he used to be. And I mean, Atlanta had very little leverage, man. Like they made it very well known that like they're shopping him. So you kind of shut yourself in the foot because it's just like they're probably going to try to get rid of him in some capacity because he was due a big roster bonus, right? So you knew that there was going to be some decision making there. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I like the move for Indy because it's not giving up much for an upgraded quarterback, but like, I feel like they're just doing the same revolving door, man. Cause like they had Philip rivers a couple years ago. I liked Philip, but like he was near the ends. Carson Wentz thing didn't work out. And then you get another quarterback that's near the end. I, I just, I'm very like lukewarm on both sides of this deal. I like it for Atlanta at least to get that contract off your hands. Even though David, I saw, $40 million dead cap hit off of that contract, though. Yeah, that's what I was about to say when you were talking. I was like, they're still getting $40 million dead cap hit. They only gained $8 million off that, so it wasn't $48 million. Ooh, wow. You know, you're still paying $40 million. At forty-eight for only a third-round pick, I might have kept the guy and let him play one more year because I, I know $8 million sounds like a lot, but in the cap air, like, that's not that much for giving up a franchise quarterback. Now you go sign Mariota, who, again, has been a backup for a couple years. He's not that impressive. I mean, I think he's going to fit in the Arthur system pretty well because he's athletic. They'll move him around a little bit more, you know, think more like how they play up in Tannehill up in, you know, um, Tennessee when Arthur was there. So I think that'll work for them. But, again, the Colts need to draft the next young quarterback for that organization. It's not probably going to be this year's draft because this year's draft doesn't have the the stellar class that we were thinking it, it might have. There was a couple guys early in the draft process that we thought might you know be guys, but I don't know if they've really proven to be guys this senior year. So next year, there's only a couple guys. So I think the quarterback market is very lean, and what you are seeing there in Cleveland is a as Chris and Dodds put together a very good overall team but they just missing the key piece which is quarterback which when they took over i'm pretty sure they still had andrew luck so they thought they were going to have that guy so they started building around that piece and then andrew took off on them so you know they're like wow and they've been trying to fill it ever since 
Um, you know, when they signed Rivers, I thought they were going to sign Teddy Bridgewater instead, but they went with Rivers. Rivers gave him a year. And then, you know, when they traded for Wentz, everybody knows how I feel about that, who follows the show. And so, therefore, you know, they're in this situation. I like the Matt Ryan high, uh, signing for them. I think they need to address receivers. I think they will this year. They'll get Matt a few receivers, some dynamic players. And I think Matt would have had a much better season this year if he had Ridley on the field with the tight end and and that whole situation that they were trying to build down there was complete. But these young receivers have been doing some bonehead things and getting out of control. So, um, you know, I, I again, Matt Ryan is he's a serviceable, very good quarterback. But when you have Jonathan Taylor running the ball, you're behind that offensive line they built in a, in a very good defense, a de- technically sound defense, in my opinion. I think this team's really got to move up the up the chart, the betting charts for what's uh, for the Super Bowl. Be, that being said, the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks and people that are trying to compete for that spot in the Super Bowl. I mean, from you know, like you said earlier, you got Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. You got Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. Now you got Matt Ryan. You got Herbert. You have uh, who else is uh, if Kyler or not Kyler? Uh, you got Herbert and uh, I'm forgetting one. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And now you got Watson up in Joe Burrow. Cleveland. Joe Burrow. God, how can I forget Joe Burrow? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm at nine. I'm at nine or ten guys here. And and they're all in the AFC. So, you know, like I said, the NFC is a little leaner in the quarterback department right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. you might see the AFC's uh, competitiveness really rise up the fly up the you know the charts here. Yeah, no, it could happen. And uh, I like I like how you said uh, betting odds. And I just remember, man, we didn't even talk about the Halvin Ridley situation, but we'll, we'll save that because I think there's well, yeah, there's yeah, so much to talk about, man. I know, and man. So, well, and we and we got to get to the last segment here because I exactly. think it's a really important one. So yeah, you know, it's just it's been crazy. It's just unbelievable headline after headline after headline. Well, and I I think that we should do a whole show just device for gambling and sports because like we can go so many different layers because obviously we say football but like we can talk about McGonaghy right was his name that the guy that was refing NBA games right and betting on the games and fixing the games all type of stuff and like I mean there's been guys that have I mean Pete Rose obviously is a guy but like Josh 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 Shaw a few years ago right so I I think I've been talking gambling and sports good idea yeah I think that's a good idea put that in the memory bank David but the last thing we wanted to talk about we're going to talk a little NFL draft, just a little bit. Not any analysis, just a key thing that happens, right? Michigan had their pro day, star pass rusher, David Ajaba, who's right here, who's from right here in New Jersey, by the way, David. He went to Blair Academy in North Jersey. A very talented player, had a breakout season along with Aiden Hutchinson, double-digit sacks, entered the draft early. No, um, I know his trainer that he's working with the pass rush specialist out there in California. Who's a great guy, Eddie. And uh, unfortunately, man, he, uh, you know, David Jabos projects to be maybe a top 10, top 15 type of pick um, top 20 at worst. Definitely a first round lock though, in my opinion, fortunately, David during a change of direction drill and, and it's like a linebacker drill. He tore his Achilles and uh, that it's, it's the tough part of the draft process, right? Because 
we are nearing the end, man. That's like, well, not the last step because you're still going to meet with teams and all that good stuff. But like on field wise, that's the last step to this process. You've gone through the combine. You've did all that good stuff. You're working out the pro day. And unfortunately, David, a non-contact torn Achilles, which if it was an ACL, I think I would feel a lot different, but Achilles are tricky, man. Like some, I mean, it's gotten better obviously with, you know, in the medical world and, and, and the science behind it. But I mean, Achilles still give me a little bit of pause personally. Yeah. I honestly think we saw the, the, we saw agents this year when the NFL wanted to bubble the combine literally 15 agencies, I think got together and said, if you put the kids in a bubble away from their trainers, away from their us, they can't come out and talk to us. Our trainers can't stretch them out. They can't work them out, get them ready for the combine workout. We're just not going to let our kids work out. They, they just came together and said, we're not going to let our kids work out. We're not going to do it. And within three days, the NFL scratched that and said, we need that content. We need those kids on the field, you know, working out. We need that uh, that film. So they they scratched that and they got their way. I think you're going to see a very similar thing moving forward because we've seen way too many players either at the combine or at pro days get major injuries. And I think, you know, with college players, if they play the full season, not the bowl games, but there's enough film work to where you can be like, all right, this kid can do what you need him to do. Like go watch four years of film or three years of film. And if you can't prove in three years of film that he can do what you need to do, what's this one bag drill going to prove? You know, like being honest, what is it really going to prove? Is it going to make you feel more secure to take him at the 15th pick overall? Well, then move back and take him at the 22nd. You know what I mean? Like it just is what it is. So you know, for me, when I look at it, I'm just like, you know, we got we got to do better because we can't cost these kids draft pick position. And, you know, the owners went and negotiated a situation where the draft pick position is slotted like the NBA. So what you make is based on where you get picked. And so now this kid who was a first round pick and Ryan can tell you is probably top 15 or at least top 20 pick. Um was going to make really good money. Now he tears his Achilles. People aren't going to take him in the top 20. And that, again, that's a guaranteed five-year contract pretty much in the first round. And f- second through the rest are four-year contracts for a lot would, less would money. You, would you not take him in the first round altogether, or would you consider it later in the first? I probably wouldn't take him in the first round unless the pass rushers got absolutely decimated because this year's dr- pass rush you know, class is pretty deep. It and is, if I'm in the, and if I'm in the market for a pass rusher, I want immediate impact with that first round pick. And a guy like this, it's a definite year, definite year. Um, rehab, right. Is it's well, going. That's, that seems to be changing a little bit. I mean, Cam Akers got back from his torn Achilles in six months. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, but Tough. That's it's also tough. a running back, and I, and and there, you know what? I'm not gonna go there. There, I I think that when you have a, a guy who's battling in the trenches and getting pushed on, and wait, another man, 300 pounds, is gonna hit him and push on that. Those legs, that ankles are gonna be really hard. And as a guy who had ankle surgery not too long ago, 
ankles are really tough and Achilles and stuff are really tough because of where they are located with the swelling and with the, you know, it's just, they're really tough. And therefore, if you come back too fast from an Achilles and you wind up popping it a second time, I mean, you might as well kiss it goodbye. It's it's and th- and that's not something you want to push. So let's just say he's not a full year out, but they don't get him back till week seven or something next of the season. As a first round pick, that uh, you're you're getting ten games out of him, so there's some value, right? Rookie year, all that stuff. But I think it's very hard for a team unless you're in the 28 to 32 range to take him in the first round, unless you don't think you can get him in the second, you know, and that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, some teams might take them all completely off the board till the third round. They might be like, you know what? We can't take them because we need the value of those first two picks to be playing for us day one. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen a couple examples. I think back to Sidney Jones that came out of Washington, the Eagles they ended up getting him in the second round. He didn't pan out as a player just in general, but I think he also tore his Achilles Jeffrey Simmons coming out of Mississippi State hurt himself as well at the pro day. And he fell. I mean, he still, I think, was like the 18th pick. So, but they were talking before that about him being maybe like a top five to seven type of player. Then he ends up going 18th. So, have seen a little bit. It's a very unfortunate circumstance. We're going to wrap it up on that note. I'm going to give David Turner the final word here in a second. But I want to thank everybody who has taken the opportunity to listen to Math Sports Take tonight. If you are listening on your favorite, podcast platform please hit the five star hit a review share this podcast let people know how much you love it give us give us the uh nice you know nice little five star rating would be very much appreciated so david turner final word of the day final word of the nights as always my friend what is on your mind well you know in in the world that we're living in right now there's so much going on and it's so crazy we got history being made at the supreme court hearings we got a war going over in europe we got (laughs) <laughs> you know, just so much every day in our lives. I, I just want to thank our listeners, everybody around to come listen and just kind of decompress a little bit here on Mass Sports Take. Have some fun talking about the excitement of a sport that I, I'm in love with, I have passion with. Ryan obviously does. And we get an opportunity to, you know, answer questions live from TikTok, from, you know, Twitter, from Facebook, or everywhere we're at. And I just think that's just an amazing technology that we have these days where we can get questions, answer them, put our two cents on, and people listen to us because I know I needed this tonight. With everything that I got going on in my world, with all my my family duties and my daddy duties, as I call them, and then my work duties and everything, this was really fun to come on and talk about what an exciting period of free agency and how much hope all these different teams have been putting themselves in position to win with. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited to keep talking about it. And trust, next week we will be turning our eye forward down to the draft. Ryan's going to line up some great young players to come talk about it. We're going to talk some draft strategies. We're going to talk more about what teams still need to fill. We're going to work through the conferences and talk a little bit about them all the way up to the draft. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to everybody because I really look forward to this this hour every each and every week. Yeah, man. NFL draft, full sights ahead. David cannot avoid it anymore. Appreciate you all. <laughs> See you. Same time, same place next Tuesday night. Thanks, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.